Welcome back to Dawson Dudes. Tonight we discuss Season 1, Episode 13. We've made it, everybody, to the, the uh, season finale, Decisions. I'm John. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. We're the Dawson Dudes. We're the dudes. Dawson Dudes. Fucking shit. <laughs> I didn't think he was gonna say it. This, and then he that he like waited a little bit, and then I jumped in. This is the se- this is the season finale. We've this is the thirteenth episode we've done. At some point, we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> season two, wait for it. You guys watch. It's, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be like the opening ceremonies of the Chinese Olympics. Most synchronized thing you've ever seen. I like this episode a lot. It has one of my favorite scenes of Dawson's Creek. We'll talk about it later. I'm sure, John, you love the Edward McCain <laughs> song at the end there. Uh, who doesn't like Edward McCain, okay? And uh, I've got a lot to say about the music in this episode, as I usually do, so we'll get to that. We'll get there. We'll get to it. I really like this episode. This episode was uh, surprisingly uh, emotionally difficult for me to watch in parts. That's good, Chris. <laughs> which I was not, which I was not expecting. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty emotional episode on a couple of storylines. Yeah, we'll get into it uh, a little bit. I'm not going to uh, start fucking crying on this show. You people don't deserve it yet. yet. Yeah, you don't deserve it yet. Wait a se- wait a couple seasons, then listen to me blubber. So before I say how I felt about the, this episode, I would like to respond to a uh, challenge issued me on the last show by uh, Brian and Chris uh, to uh, rewatch uh, Beauty Contest and see if I got the feels from that. Oh, perfect. Uh, watched it. Watched it twice. Still don't like it. Don't care. Can't just. It's not changed my mind. Um, John's yeah. a monster. I'm a monster. But that being said, fucking love this episode. Really. This shit's perfect, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> this sweet, sweet sadness. This is what John's looking for. <laughs> hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, uh, this is uh, where we were supposed to be getting the feels all season. For real's got him here. I mean, the stakes are uh, definitely higher in this episode. Well, let's get into it. Let's start with the episode recap. So we uh, open in Dawson's room. He's hanging out in his pajamas, and Joey comes in the uh, the window. Um, I'm pretty sure I owned that sweater at some point in high school. <laughs> Joey sweater? Not, yeah, no, Dawson's sweater, like the you know, fucking orange fleecy thing. I didn't own a sweater until adulthood. What? <laughs> I didn't own a sweater until adulthood. <laughs> it was all bowling shirts. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't have a zipper or a hood on it? Yeah, no, that, that's what I mean. Like a like a sweater, not a sweatshirt. I was like, uh, they looked itchy to me. Really? I mean, that was my reasoning as a child. And then uh, as a larger child, I was just like, yeah, hoodies are fine. Hoodies are fine? Yeah, hoodies were fine. And then somewhere like around 25, you bought yourself a, a sweater. I want to say that's probably about right. I want to say somebody bought you a sweater. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's that's definitely right. Uh, first sweater was definitely uh, purchased uh, like a, thing, a Christmas or a birthday present. I mean, to be honest, I can't remember the last time I saw you in a sweater. I don't know if I've ever seen you in a sweater, honestly. See? So we have the cold open. It starts with Joey climbing through the window and uh, Dawson. You think it's going to be a standard cold open, but... So, like, you know, this is, like, real meta. They're talking about cliffhangers here. And obviously, season finales usually end with a cliffhanger, so people come back the next season to watch. Yeah, I was kind of annoyed by that. Yeah, but like in 1998, this is all... Oh, it's brilliant. Super... This is all super new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very Kevin Williamson-type sure. dialogue. This is what he kind of brought 
to the show and Scream and all his other movies. Yeah. It's this acknowledgement of that you are in a movie and in this episode they start to acknowledge a lot of criticisms uh-huh. that they get from critics. Like no black people. They never address that. They just point at Bodie. <laughs> they address the teenagers using four syllable words yeah. and here they're addressing the use of a cliffhanger to keep uh, audiences watching. No, yeah, I get that. It's like, yeah, this might as well be the opening of Scream. The same intention, same uh, result except uh, Drew Barrymore does not die. Oh, I'm gonna have to I'm really gonna have to see Scream someday, I guess. You've never seen Scream? Uh, you know, me and horror movies, man. You love them. Uh, it's not... It's not... <sighs> yeah, like, it's... God, it's so, like, benign by yeah, standards now. Fucking Matthew Lillard's in it. Like, how scary can anything with Matthew Lillard be? Oh, Shaggy's in it? That's, uh... Now I feel better. Yeah, but, yeah, I didn't like the meta thing either. It was, like, felt a little cheap here, you know? But I do think, uh... And this is gonna continue throughout the rest of the episode, too, that, uh... Katie Holmes has dialed up the acting game, like, real hard this episode, and I'm a fan. If you don't like the meta stuff... It never stops. Like <laughs> from this moment on, Dawson Creek never stops referring to itself. <laughs> yeah, but once it once that ball gets rolling, I'm okay with it. But uh, it's uh, kind of rushed here, you know, a little bit. I mean, I appreciate where it's going. I also do like that this cold open does start with some semblance of the feelings that they left with the previous episode. Yeah, it's like it's awkward suddenly. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, as soon as she comes in, it's like it's like strange and like flimsy excuses for like. Yeah, but I said in the last episode they end it. I don't want to talk about this, and then in the next episode, immediately get back together and you know have conversations around it. Right. Well, yeah, they're still trying to uh, you know who knows what they're trying to do, you know. But uh... <laughs> it sucks when you only have like two friends. Yeah, there's like literally nobody else to go hang out with. <laughs> Say, so, well, what are you doing? I thought we were mad at each other. Yeah, but uh, other friend's busy, so uh, turn that frown upside down. Let's watch TV. Yeah. Which she's not into. She's over TV. This is Joey in meta mode and also Joey in I can't be made happy by anything mode. Oh, it's like you came over to my house just to tell me you don't want to watch TV. Hey, your TV sucks. No, she's that's not why. She's irritated that he like... Uh... Can't call me on the phone. Nah, man. Like, I think... It's it's we're meant to assume it's Friday night, right? Like it's movie night. Yeah, yeah. So she comes over like like normals to you know hang out, uh-huh. and uh, he's just being he's like trying to pretend he's like trying to walk away from, like pretend the situation doesn't exist. Like, oh well, I didn't get any movies. I didn't know we were doing a thing. Uh. Well, it didn't end well last time. Yeah, I mean, I would I would have been more surprised that she showed up uh, too. But odds are, I probably would have rented like one movie just in case. He's got tapes on VHS. Just watch uh, Pacey fuck uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow <laughs> yeah. in that uh, in the topiary. Oh, speaking of which, did you guys notice the uh, there's a misery poster in the background? I think it's like a couple. Se- it's like not in this moment, but no. There's a lot less Steven Spielberg posters at this point because uh, apparently you had to pay for those. Oh, really? Yeah. Mr. Spielberg is litigious. <laughs> apparently, he only allowed them to use the, the post all the posters in the first couple of episodes. Really? And then was like, you can only use like one or two. And only my crappiest movies. So that's why you see uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer as one of the posters replaced now. I guess that makes sense. Fine, force us into self-promotion. Screw you, Stevie Spiels. They're still pissed at each... Er, Joey's uh, in a fantastically bad mood. Show starts. <laughs> so we have Grams here speaking to Gramps. Yep. And John, uh, she he is uh, hooked up to some uh, machines here. Oh, look, now they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just they had to move them for some reason. Maybe a ghost took him off for Halloween or Friday the 13th. Fuck. Never mind. God, you're an idiot. <laughs> 
I like how Graham's is just sitting there talking shit like she's like goddamn like Harbor Valley PTA she's or something. She's not talking shit. She's just giving uh She is. She's giving him like the rundown. She's of all, giving like, the news on on Lake uh what is it? Wobegon. <laughs> yeah, like Wobegon, man. God. The only thing less listenable than watching fucking Graham's talk about this stuff. Whatever, fuck that show. Uh this show. <laughs> um Yeah, like Graham's is uh, Gramps is doing exactly what she would be doing if Gramps was awake, and Gramps is responding in the exact same way he would be responding when he was if he was awake. Yeah, do you think he's like a like a crushy old motherfucker like she is, or he no, just ignores her I most think, of the time? I think he's really awesome. Well, no, because like Jen and like later on, like kind of like makes it seem like they had a really great relationship where she could talk to him about her problems and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. So I think he was. That makes me sad. I, I think he was a cool dude. <laughs> we, it's like a listener. We never get, we never get to know. Yeah, he was probably yeah. Spoiler alert. But yeah, he, he was probably. It seems like he was probably pretty cool. And his last words. We hear his uh his last words. Did you guys a- analyze his accent a bunch too? What was his last I- words? Oh, uh, goodbye, well, Jennifer. Yeah. Oh really? I don't remember that. Well, no. That's all he says. The, Those are only lines. Yeah. Oh, when he wakes remember. up here. Yeah, when he wakes up here. Yeah. I like oh, those yeah. might not be his. That, act- they, yeah, those might not be his last words. Well, maybe like coincidentally, his last words were also goodbye, Jennifer, and he flips off Grams. <laughs> like I'm not saying goodbye to you. He calls her Jen, which makes me think he's like you know a little bit cooler than she- not as proper as Grams. Grandmother, he she wants to be called Jen. That's what we call her. Yeah, he wakes up here, and Grams and Jen are pretty stoked. Yeah, have a uh, whatever the positive version of a shit fit is. <laughs> and then we cut to the next scene. We're at school, and Jen's just cloud nine. Yeah, just beaming, looking yeah. real good. And uh, like she's her like, grandpa hey, just woke up or something. Dawson, let's like go do something. Like, let's be teenagers. Let's go have fun. Dawson's like, yeah. I want to do that, <laughs> yeah. but with Joey. Also, Brian, did you notice here that when he says, I've got plans for Joey and Jen looks bombed out, what, is, what does Dawson say to her? What does he say to her? He's like, I guess I can see if I can bag. Oh, yeah, he says that again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, it might be just a show thing that they did, came up with. I don't know. I think it's like the writers like trying to make something at work. It's like, what do kids say? I don't know. Let's make this like what kids say. Oh, just for FYI. Apparently they say they they use the phrase "walk the dog" uh-huh. because they couldn't use "masturbate" on TV. Well, yeah, I assumed as much. But that's weird. You can't say "masturbate." Okay. Um, not. I thought like it, they wanted to say like "jack off" or something. They couldn't say "jack off," so <laughs> Crank they said it. "walk." Yeah. yeah, they couldn't say "pregnant" on "I Love Lucy." That was a, like fifties though. Yeah, well, ninety-eight. You can't. I can't. Can't say "masturbate" on TV on ninety-eight. Nah, man, they couldn't say "masturbate" on uh, "I Love Lucy" either. <laughs> no, they could back then. Fred would talk about it all the time. Yeah. Why do you think his head's always jiggling in his pockets? Masturbating. <laughs> Fred, what are you doing over there? Um, um, he actually had some like disease. Oh, don't worry about it, Rick. Masturbate. <laughs> yeah, oh, terrible uh, Fred. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I never watched. Uh, I never really watched. I love Lucy. So Joey happens upon them as uh, you know, speak of the devil. I think it's exactly what Dawson yeah, says. As she looks um, bewildered. Wait, uh, Jen says it. <laughs> Jen says what? That speak of the devil. And then she made these horns. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. 
And, uh, I, want, I want your man back. Joey drops the bomb that uh, I've been offered a uh, scholarship to go to Paris. So if you live in a town where like your life's not so good and you've been offered a scholarship to go to Europe for a year, yeah. you go, right? Here's the thing. If anybody ever offers you to go anywhere, that's not like, you know... In, Some creepy dude. That's not in their van. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you ever get a chance to go to Paris to study for free. You go. Or anywhere, go. Yeah. Never stay. Any high school people who are listening to this, or people who are adjacent to high school people, tell them this. Their, bo- their boyfriend or girlfriend is not as cool as they think they are, and even if they are, it doesn't matter. Go to the yeah. thing. Go do it. Just listen to Elsie. She didn't go to Paris, and she stayed home that summer with Jason, <laughs> and it f- he fucking, like, was cheating on her, and then he broke up with her, and she missed out on Paris. Ba-boom. She's probably never been to Paris. Well, she got to go the next season, actually. Oh, that's so. nice. <laughs> it's nice, it's <laughs> nice that things eventually worked out for LC. <laughs> yeah, she's like a billionaire now or something. Jesus. She's married, to that, she's married to that guy who used to play guitar in that band Something Corporate, who is now a lawyer. God. Fun fact. Oh, the whitest um, fucking thing in the, it, in the world. What kind of law is he uh, into? Like, bread law? I think it's like Hollywood law. It's like... <laughs> entertainment yeah, law. Yeah, entertainment, entertainment law, law, of course. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I'm glad the Dawson dudes are all on the same page about that tonight. <laughs> yeah. But anyone ever offers you the ability, the opportunity to go to France, fucking yeah, go just to France. Get, get the fuck out. Especially because you spent, you spent a lot of the last episode, like, talking about... Wanting to be, um, wanting to go a million miles from Cape Side. And by the way, having this sort of an opportunity on your uh, college uh, applications is going to get you into fucking college. Going somewhere new won't fix any of your problems, but yeah. it will give you time and distance away from them to maybe think of them differently. And whatever bullshit or like thing you think you're going to miss out on, it'll still be there when you get back. Yeah. Or, and right. then some. Or, yeah. or it won't, but you'll have a hundred fucking experiences you of your fuck. own. You won't give a yeah. shit. Everyone will be yeah. like, "You have lived in France for the last year. You're you would have fine. met French Dawson, <laughs> Ugh. like all f- Dawson with cigarettes." <laughs> I don't know what this guy is saying, but he won't shut the fuck up and stop pointing at that Jurassic Park poster. Yeah, <laughs> just go Jurassic Park. <laughs> the Je m'appelle uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you just said my name is Steven yeah, Spielberg. That that would be what the guy would say, and then he would say, "No, really, my name's uh, da- French Dawson." That's considered a French joke. Joey says she doesn't know what she want, wants to do, if she wants to go or not. And Dawson is freaked out. Yeah, Dawson's freaked out, and Jen's like, you should definitely go. Get the fuck out. I want my man I back. want Dawson, and you need to leave. You need to go to a whole other country. It'll be great. It'll, yeah, it'll be great for everybody. Be such a great opportunity for you, Joey. Please go. Yeah, this, is, uh, a, this would be very convenient for everybody, really. And I mean... Like honestly, Jen is saying it for her own selfish reasons, but she is also right. This would be great. This would be a great opportunity. Get the fuck out. So we see uh, Joey at the ice house talking to Bessie about uh, Paris, and she says she's really proud of her, and uh, so will Dad. Before we get to that, I feel like Bessie's just kind of like barely listening. Like, yeah, all right. I don't think she's appropriately stoked enough for her because I don't know. Well, Bessie's probably also thinking, well, who's going to help out around the ice house, you know? All Bessie is thinking about right now is her newborn child. Every every anything else she is capable of uh empathizing or um like empathizing with or rooting for, it takes a back seat to all that. And she's also 
working. You know, you get a scholarship to go, room and board, but there's still other costs. Yeah. yeah. If you want to actually, like, go do anything. Oh, come on, guys. Let's not let's not start, like, trying to harsh on the France scholarship moment. In our minds, for ourselves that didn't go to France on scholarships in, in high school, let's have it be all expenses paid. <laughs> it's not, it's, she didn't win a, a trip on Ellen. Yeah, it's a fucking Price is Right. <laughs> Where she went, where she uh, uh, guessed it within a thousand dollars, and so she gets both. Okay, how about this? Okay, maybe it's work. Maybe it's work study, and she has to wait tables there too. Uh, how horrible is that? Le ice house. <laughs> <laughs> Le ice house. <laughs> In Paris, she's actually a good waitress. <laughs> she, she's the nicest waitress there. Is it Paris or is it just in France? Like that episode of The Simpsons where like, uh, I think she says Paris. Doesn't she? Yeah, I think yeah, she says Paris. But then yes, Bessie does reveal that it is. Uh, her dad's going to find the news interesting when she goes to see him for his birthday the next bum, day. Bum, Joey doesn't want to go. And she says, we made a pact that we would go every other year. And I went last year. Her dad's been in jail two years then. I think it's what's like she was like 12 or something. How long has it been? I think, that would be three I think years. it's when she was 13. Because I don't think the first year Joey went by herself at like thir- 12 years old. Right. Took a four hour bus ride to, go, <laughs> yeah. to go to the fucking prison. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't think Joey should go by herself. Now at fifteen, yeah, it's they. Uh, they say in the next scene is a four-hour bus trip, bus ride to the penitentiary. You should take your fifty-year-old daughter, our sister, to see your father together. I don't know. Send send a strong uh, one of your like adult friends with her or something. No, you you take her. That's your responsibility. That's imagine if somebody asked you, Chris. Hey, can you take my kid to see their dad in jail? That'd be horrible. Ah, oh, God, man, having to visit prison is gonna suck. Bessie or no Bessie? Yeah, especially like you know, this is probably since Bessie went the first year. This is the first time she's seen her dad in two years. Right. Well, she speak and she speaks so uh, highly of him whenever he comes up. You imagine that. Uh, this is something that she's super stoked on. So speaking of things that are a fucking bummer, we, uh, we get to the next scene where uh, Pacey's riding his mountain bike, and uh, here comes Deputy Doug back in the picture again for the first time in a couple episodes. Yeah, Dougie's back. Hunting his motherfucking ass down, too. You know, just uh, jumps in the- I feel like yeah, it's a small town. Yeah. Look for uh, goofball little brother on a bike. How hard could it be? So for the second episode in a row, I uh, reveal that Sheriff Witter is none too pleased with Pacey. Uh, and, um... We haven't met Sheriff Witter yet. Uh, I mean, Brian and I know know where this is going. But um, as much of a dick, as much of a dick that guy, you know, is uh, Doug's a, a legitimately a bad person, isn't he? It's obvious. Pacey talks about it a little bit later that Doug and Pacey have been pitted against one another for what appears to be the entirety of their life. Not to mention, Pacey is always, always making gay jokes at Doug. Yeah, like second sentence, Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, Pacey never stops making gay jokes at Doug every time they're in a scene together. So there's five five more seasons of that? Yeah. Jesus. Like, it's sort of it's weird that, like, they never get over it. Yeah, like, give him a second characteristic to make fun of? Like, uh, like he's got, like, a limp, or he likes, uh... <laughs> That's where you went for your second character? A limp? A physical deformity for, for number two? Yeah, there? he's got like a club foot, although like a field goal kicker. Either of them aren't great brothers to each other. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they're 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 opponents more than they are brothers. So uh, Doug tells Pacey that their dad got word that he's failing all his classes. Who snitched? 
Uh, you know, one of the teachers, probably that film film teacher. Hi, uh, Pacey's not in any of my classes, but uh, or it was that snail he, teacher. He calls people gay all the time. I don't like it. So here's here's a little uh, straight up about Pacey. He's a dum dum. Doug is saying was telling Pacey that he's a like failing a loser. Everything. He's a loser, and he's making the winners look bad. Yeah, and he says, um, "You're gonna wake up one day, little brother, and nobody's gonna be laughing anymore." Yeah, like, like, yeah, you're a joke, and uh, in the future, yeah, like, you're gonna wake up and no one's gonna be laughing. Like, he says that like he took it from something. Probably, probably from uh, their dad. Or the script. <laughs> yeah. Pacey actually originally had a lot more going on in this episode. Oh, really? And it was cut for time. But they didn't even film it, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was cut for time before they even filmed it. Oh. But apparently there was going to be a hostage situation <laughs> in which Pacey rises to uh, become the hero and gets to rub it in Doug's face a little bit. Man, I'm surprised that got that didn't get cut before it got written down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I'm just spitballing it, here, but uh, no, that's terrible. It got cut before they even filmed it. Some It's somewhere in there in Infinity with uh, the scene of Michelle Williams and Katie Holmes sharing a cigarette during the hurricane. I feel like that's Urban Legend. Yeah, so that's why this is like one of two scenes we see of Pacey. Yeah, save for last week. Oh, I guess in the uh, from the sort of post-Tamara to the end, that is kind of the story of Pacey. Is he's kind he's kind of a dude looking like looking for looking looking for a storyline. Yeah, uh, he's not. It's not his show. At this point. Kevin Williamson does say that, like, at this point, um, they had already decided that next year was going to be Pacey's year, and they were really going to work on Pacey with all the extra episodes they got for a full season. So he calls season two Pacey's Pond. Fun. Next scene, we've got uh, Dawson and Joey uh, buying their bus tickets to go to wherever the prison is four hours away from Capeside. Man, a bus station to a prison. That's uh, that's some frying pan fire shit. I feel like a lot of people take bus (laughs) tickets. tickets to yeah to prison yeah uh, <laughs> I, I think that's like yeah. uh it's a norm yeah you, you, i mean you're obviously, obviously have a bus stop there so we get joey gets to repeat uh well she says we had when's last time we saw him said two years ago so he just went in and says you know for trafficking marijuana and cheating on my cancer-stricken mother uh speaking of uh mr potter and the marijuana uh chris and i went to uh see some loud uh rock music last night and I was driving home, and I saw a fucking big rig, like, Walmart truck. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Imagine like, it full, is of that truck full of marijuana. Yeah. It seems like a lot, doesn't it? Excessive. That man deserves to be behind bars. You know, Joey talks about her, her father trapping marijuana and, like, all the last time she saw him and how, like, rough this is going to be on her. And Dawson, he consoles for a minute. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, well, it's only for the day. And then just hard lefts the subject. Like, so... Any thoughts on Europe? Uh, what are you gonna do? And even his, even his, it's only for the day is kind of like kind of half-hearted. Yeah, it's only for the day. Anyway, by the way, if anybody ever asks you what you would do if I was gone or went to Paris or whatever, they don't want to hear. You know, I want you to go. Everybody wants you to say, "I want you to stay." Of course, even if they they're not gonna stay, they want they want to you hear. to want them to stay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the answer they want to hear. Uh, fresh tip for all you people with significant others eventually going somewhere. Since when did we assume that our the demographic the demographic of our listenership uh, somehow skewed to like high school age? No, adults with boyfriends and girlfriends take trips or like get opportunities to move to a different city, and uh, yeah. So they arrive too late to uh, 
for visiting hours. Too late to the fucking gulag. This is the scariest place on earth, man. Like, this it's is all raining an actual and prison. Is it really? In Wilmington. Really? Yeah. They filmed this at an actual prison in Wilmington. Are those real prisoners pacing around in the background? Uh, I think so. What level security? It's not, it's like, like minor. Right. Uh, security. That's, that's why uh, the front desk, uh, guard is, uh, so beat upable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, Man, visiting hours end at five? That's reasonable, but you think Joey would have better information. There's no internet. How would she know? She calls him. Bessie would tell her. How would she get even You're, their number? Never mind. You're Bessie right. doesn't remember she from a year know. ago. She's busy with the ice yeah. as a baby. Listen, Chris <laughs> didn't know the day of a wedding he was invited to, and we live in 2017. Joe, there's no way Joey's going to know like what the visiting hours are. There were there was a wedding on Saturday and a wedding on Sunday. I thought the one I was I wanted to go to was on Saturday. Turned out it was on Sunday. So, I think it's plausible that Joey, a 50-year-old girl in 1998 without the internet, wouldn't know that Yeah, of course. 5 o'clock was the uh, closing I don't time. know, man. I say you commit to getting on a bus with like well, that not, little information. Not, she's doing something she doesn't even want to do, so she's not going to do like extra research. And she's 15. How much extra thought did you put into the shit you did when you were 15? You just go places. That's how Chris does this shit now. Yeah. I'm a dumb, dumb man. Life is not life is not any easier to navigate at 34 when you're not planning anything. It's it's much harder because you have many more responsibilities and there are a lot more moving parts. Dawson says, "Hey, why don't we just spend the night instead of taking the bus four hours back and then coming back tomorrow on another bus?" And they stay at the Loveless Hotel. Oh, man. This place seems... Have you noticed... I mean, I've watched this episode a couple uh, times, but did you notice that the sign said Hot Biscuits and Country Ham? I did not. Sold. <laughs> that's that's the uh, Wilmington version of a continental breakfast. <laughs> that's amazing. I'll take Hot Biscuits and Country Ham any time of the day. I'd like some now, actually. No, of course. It sounds fucking delicious. Joey and Dawson are in this motel, and uh, Dawson's uh, acting a little weird. Uh, new bed is kind of fucking his mind right now. Well, we, he's never not slept in his own room, right? That can't be true. No, yeah. They, they've probably gone on vacations and stuff, but I think this is more about him and Joey have never slept in a foreign bed together, he says. Well, they also have, they also haven't slept in the bed together since the revelations of the beauty contest episode. Right. So that's, that's new. He's never, like, slept in a bed with Joey and, like, purposely had a boner. And, and also <laughs> no one has ever, t- has ever informed Dawson, hey man. Keep it cool. Uh, it's hard to keep it cool when you're 15. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I was like, uh, I, I just feel like you keep it I'll just like two clicks cooler than this. Two clicks? <laughs> like, I'm not expect. I'm not looking for miracles from Dawson. I'm, I'm also not looking for a weird, like, early Woody Allen thing. Is it uh, going to be in your bed? It's like- That's a terrible Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Try to go to sleep all awkwardly and lay there. So they kind of do their like uh, awkward back and forth for a moment before Joey gets frustrated and goes to bed. Probably gonna do some hand and, stuff, uh, <laughs> but this shit is pissing me off. <laughs> just gonna just gonna crash out now. Dawson and his like uh, let's talk all honest streak is just real. It's just selfish sometimes, you know. Because she's trying to go to sleep. Because she and she has uh, plenty on her mind already. Uh, I don't know. He always wants to talk at the wrong times, like bedtime. There's never a right time. That's the problem. Yeah. Never a right time for Dawson. Well, never a right time for Joey in this episode. She doesn't want to talk about shit. Yeah. Like, Joey is just on one. In the beginning of the episode, she shows up at Dawson's uh, Dawson's place, and she doesn't want to talk about shit. She's, like, 
talking to uh, Bessie's talking to her. She doesn't want to talk about shit with Bessie, and now uh, is back with Dawson, and she just doesn't want to talk about anything. And then she's gonna see her dad, and she's not gonna want yeah. to talk to him. Hey, what's up? I want to say shit to you. <laughs> She slept over a whole extra night to go into prison to sit down to be like, I don't want to talk to you. It's like, what What are you doing here? Let's get back to Dawson is trying to hash out, like, what's happening between us? Well, one of us is annoying the other one. And Joey's like, how do we figure this out, Dawson? Where do we even start? Well, she he's talking to her like, he's like, well, we, we got to figure out what's going on between us, which I feel like to him just means... Look, just tell me what to think. Just just tell you tell me everything and then like I'll make a decision, yay or nay. I'm kind of a coward here. Well, they're because both cowards. He's the coward who wants to say it all out loud and she's the coward who doesn't want to say anything at all. Yeah. She runs from her feelings and Dawson just wants to talk and not have any action. He wants someone else to tell him what to do. Like he talks a lot, but it's always that kind of like he speaks in, like, weird generalities and vagaries, you know, so that someone else will say something defining to him. I don't think he's waiting for somebody to tell him what to do. He does talk, say right here, like, I'm really good at analyzing everybody else, but terrible at trying to figure out my own problems. Which means he's all, which means he's probably terrible at analyzing someone else. No, he's, like, no, he's just the first one who has acknowledged that they're all, that they're all, they're all good yeah. at doing that and bad at doing yeah. that. This is, like, the meta part of the episode, the meta part of the episode. You can be good at analyzing other people and not good at, at analyzing yourself. Well, yeah, but Dawson's not good at analyzing other people. Uh, I don't know, because he's going to say something to Joey that's pretty dead on in, like, ten minutes. Really? Yeah. All right, I hope, well, you point that out to me when it happens, because I'm not so clear on that. And you stop being so aggressive when you ask people to do stuff. I'm creating, t- I'm cre- creating dramatic tension. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> we get at the overhead shot again of them in bed, in the most gigantic bed like ever shack bed they literally can like have five other people in this bed <laughs> like jen and pacey could have come all crazy this is, this is a <laughs> fuck bed oh yeah the loveless hotel is not the fuckless hotel little quick scene between jen and grams here and uh we talk about grams you know usually her like you know christian shit yeah bugs me too but in this this episode like for some, for some reason, I find myself... You like it? Not that I like it as much as I kind of respect it. Let's well, kind of like, all right, Jen, look, just you need just to let her have this, you know? It's kind of it, it's kind of working for her. Well, I think Jen tries to say stuff like that, like where she's like, listen, you have your viewpoints, I have my viewpoints. I don't think it has anything to do with prayers or anything like that. Let's just... Yeah, but it's, it's now's not the time to start talking feelings. Just kind of let the old lady go, you know? It's a bigger. It's a big day for her. This is the first like part of the episode that I have like weird, complicated feelings with, uh, just because this particular like this particular issue of prayer and uh, around sickness uh, is something that I dealt with pretty closely when uh, my dad was sick, uh, and it was a thing that very, very, very much. I try, like I tried to respect because it was their whole thing, uh, and then uh, near the end, it just began to annoy me. It annoyed you that they were putting their hopes into prayer. Uh, it that, and it was more, uh, more so. Mine was slightly different because uh, I was. They were telling me that it would be helpful. Like the only advice I ever got as far as how to, like, deal with stuff uh, surrounding that was to pray, and no matter... Pray on it. 
Yeah, and like no matter how many times I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not, that, that, that's uh, that answer's not helping me. Do you have do you have anything uh, just a just a little more concrete? Did you ever try praying? Yeah, it didn't work. No, it's not supposed to change your situation. Yeah, it's supposed to change you. Yeah, I know, and it it doesn't. <laughs> it's like. Well, you have to be a believer in God. Yeah, and uh, there's a yeah, there's a there's a long, long, long trail of that in uh, my life, especially with my dad and that side of the family. But yeah, this is. Did you see that it brought other people like some sort of peace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. That's the thing is that when uh, I saw my like my dad, and my stepmom praying with each other and stuff like that, that did not bother me at all. Because it it really did work for them, right? It was just I I found myself frustrated because I was just like I was, I was I was just you didn't know what you could do, yeah. And I was just looking the entirety of my life that has kind of been the frame by which all advice I'd ever been given by my dad, and so it was like at this what ended up being the end, this most dire time. It was just like. Can you can you can you give me some some other kind of fatherly advice, like whatever right. the, whatever the second version of this would be? But you could see also how when something's working for somebody, why they would give you that advice, right? Oh yeah, like if somebody's like, I don't know, I pray and it works for me, so you should pray. Yeah, like I, I, so, like why would they have another answer? No, I, and I didn't expect them to. Um, but that didn't make it any less frustrating, right? Do you, do you see what I'm? Do you see what I'm saying? Where it's like, no, yeah, that's the thing. Is that and like I'm saying to clarify, like I'm not mad, like I'm not mad at my like dad and stepmom for that. It's just in general frustrating, or it just was in general frustrating. Was it, was it just more frustrating that you didn't have a way to deal with it? Um, yeah, like sometimes, um, maybe a little, yeah. Like, you were legitimately looking for an answer to help you, like, deal with it. And you weren't getting anything that helped you. Yeah. And it was a... Com- yeah, it was a combination of that, like, in that instance, and just the uh, a general frustration of, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be looking for, like, some sort of guidance, some sort of, like, parental advice, and they're gonna fucking tell me to pray, and I'm not gonna... <laughs> I mean, it's not gonna work for me. And so... Yeah. Uh, but I didn't... When it, and so... Even though it was not a surprise, in my head, like, it's like, oh, why don't you try praying on it? It's like, oh, I don't want to. Right. And so. Well, I think what you really need to do, Chris, is let God into your life. Uh, I think, like, once you do that, I think you'll you'll see. Yeah. Grams makes a lot of good points here where, you know, hey, fucking leave me alone. Works for me. I'm an old lady. Of course this is what I'm going to do yeah. here. Yeah. Right. It's just one of those things you have to agree to disagree. Right. Uh, I agree. I also empathize with Jen. But also, like, you have to, like, Grams is just, just got to be like, listen, bitch, I'm going through a lot right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, let me have my thing, all right? Just nod, sh- fucking shake your head. You knew him for, like, thir- 15 years. I've been married to the motherfucker for, like, 50 years, all right? <laughs> 45 good ones. Korea was rough. Yep. <laughs> she was fighting for the North. I was fighting for the South. Joey and Dawson are... In the w- in the visiting room, waiting for uh, Mr. Potter to come out. Not from It's a uh, Wonderful Life. <laughs> like you said, Joey does not want to talk to him at all. At all. And I think this uh this actor uh, 
who plays Mr. Potter, does a pretty good job. Did you find him, like, I, ugh, so creepy. Creepy? Like, I, it really, I mean, I don't remember thinking this when I saw this when I was younger, but, like, yeah, Mr. Potter's got a weird, like, it's got a whole weird air about him that, like, I can't get past. It like, really kind of messes some, messes the rest of his appearance up I for me. I just thought he was trying to do kind of a, um, I'm in prison, uh, Jimmy Stewart kind of thing. I think he's trying to show remorse. That he's in prison, but he's sorry, and he knows that he, like, fucked up his daughter's life. Yeah, and it's like, he hasn't seen her for two years. My guess is he knows uh, how she feels about the whole situation. And so it's just like, the fuck do you do? Like, how how else do you come at it? <laughs> like, aggressive? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's like... It, I, I, first of all, just the way he speaks kind of weirds me out. Is a it his old time haircut? Uh, it's just, I don't know. The c- cigars and champagne thing was weird. I don't know that. And uh, that's an awkward joke you make when you haven't seen your child in like. He's been in prison for two years. Like I'm sure he's the only jokes he's heard. He cannot tell a 15 year old girl. I mean, it's not like he said like I should have ordered heroin and. Yeah. Hey, did you stuff any drugs up your butt? <laughs> yeah. Now that's a birthday. Joey goes to prison to see him, and it's like, man, no wonder she likes Dawson, because as she's, like, trying to speak to him, he just starts talking about himself. Well, just get so lonely in here, Joey. It's like, well, look, your kid came to see you, man. Like, you're... Ugh. Yeah, but he tried He tried the know. whole, like, how's school? <laughs> yeah, he's asking her all these questions. She's like, I don't want to talk. And then he's... So he starts talking. He doesn't know anything about her. That is... Yeah. That that ends up being sort of the crux of it. So it's just like... He's saying, tell me something about yourself. I miss you and I miss your sister. And it's really lonely in here. I don't think he's doing anything weird at all. He wasn't like bragging like, uh, hey, I narrowly avoided a rape in the shower last week. I'm not saying that like, it's like making his character a terrible person. I'm just... uh, I don't know. There's something like it just reads awkward to me. Well, he is a felon. I think it's supposed to be awkward. It's a it's a father who hasn't seen her his child in two years in prison, and as a drug trafficker, may not have been the most attentive father uh, previous to prison. And some knowing that your daughter doesn't want to be here, stay in school. It, this <laughs> the scene should be awkward. They should have an awkward interaction between each other. Like even Dawson knows it's fucking awkward. He's like, "The fuck am I here?" <laughs> yeah, I should. He's like looking around. I should have like, looking up and around and like, "Oh uh, shit." <laughs> She's still doing that Joey shit. I should have waited outside. <laughs> She's been standing there. He tried to. He tried to wait outside. She wouldn't let him. She wouldn't let him. She's not the boss. Daggers. Of you. Her eyes are like fucking daggers in the seat. Yeah, they should have arrested her he, for Dawson, bringing weapons into the fucking. I don't visiting think she's room. ever even looked at Dawson that angrily. Dawson should just lean across the table to Mr. Potter, and be like, "Look, like she always looks like that. Don't worry about it." Listen, you want to know something about your daughter? She's upset <laughs> almost all, all the, time. the time. Usually, maybe your fault. Usually, at me because <laughs> I did some shit or I didn't do some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Joey drops the bomb that like she's gonna be going to Paris. As a way to, I guess, kind of hurt her dad. Yeah, it's like the flippant, like, okay, well, I'm leaving, and I'm also leaving the country. I live in Paris now. It's like, I don't know. I'm in jail, Wilmington, Paris. It's all the same. A couple more stamps. Uh, You know he doesn't write. No, she would have to put a couple more stamps to not write to him. She walks off, and Dawson gets up, and Mr. Potter asks Dawson to stop, and uh, can you tell me about your my daughter? 
Dawson's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is Man, so awkward. you know how lonely it gets in there when uh, Mr. Potter's you just like- You want to talk to Dawson? I guess I'll let Dawson, Dawson shoot the shit for a minute. Well- Billy gets a visitor on his birthday once a year. Hey, tell me about your latest movie. Ooh, no. He goes into telling him about Joey. Joey. And how she's- uh, funny. I mean, this this scene is used as a vehicle for Dawson to realize his feelings. Right, right. He starts listing off all the things about him, but it's, and- it's not to realize his feelings. I think it's to realize what he would be losing when she leaves. It's cute, but when he ends with Joey is everything, I was just like, ah, uh, I don't know if you're there yet. Hyperbole of a fifty year old boy in prison. Uh, this this episode in particular, I was going to mention this later, but this episode in particular really takes it up to 11 like real fast with all the feels, That's you know. True. You know when you're like 15 and like everything is at 11. Nope. Like there's nothing that was at like 4. I don't know, you were pretty mellow as a teenager. <laughs> 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 you didn't have wild mood swings at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I'm just saying, in re- in relationship to itself, like this, the sure. where we've been so far. Yeah, this is the season uh, finale. We gotta kick it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I dig it personally. Could, um, you know, they didn't know. Could have been the series finale. Yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah, man. So let's let's do it's okay, it. Okay, Kevin Williamson. This amp goes to eleven. Let's yeah. do it. Thank you, Nigel Tufnell. It is kind of weird here that Dawson like does like he starts talking about her, and then it's like. Well, then he starts talking, talking about, about himself. Him. Like, yeah. Well, he, yeah, that's, how's that weird? That's exactly what he <laughs> What does. he would lose here. They should have, like, uh, c- kept cutting back to uh, Mr. Potter's face as he, like, starts to lose interest while uh, Dawson's like, yeah, man, oh, good, oh, good, she makes you feel better, great. Does she ride her bike? Does she ride a bike or, like, uh, Though, does to she be have fair, a favorite it's car? It's hard to talk about somebody without t- talking about the context of your relationship with that person. Yeah, for some people. Yeah, narcissist. <laughs> so then we see Dawson and Joey are back at Cape Side. Um, Joey's asked Dawson, like, like, hey, what's up? Like, you didn't say a word on the bus ride home. Before we get there, um, as I was watching this scene, and they go from, like, having been on a bus four hours away to being on a dock, which means they're right in Cape Side. They walk from the grass onto the dock, not a bridge, but a dock. And I'm thinking to myself, Man, if every scene in Dawson's Creek could just end with someone having to commute home by rowboat, I would be a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> Joey asks Dawson, hey, what's up? You weren't very talkative on the ride home. Oh, uh, yeah, I just spent a bunch of time in prison. <laughs> <sighs> well, it's been a whole awkward day. I had to talk to your dad <laughs> in in lieu of you. He, ha- he asked me to sneak in, uh, in cigarettes. <laughs> that was probably not the full conversation. Oh no, like, he probably, he probably kept going. went on for another twenty minutes. Where like he probably had was like, "Oh, how's your family?" Well, my mom and dad are in the midst of a divorce. <laughs> like, <laughs> it gets, then he gets super deep. I'm, into gonna, that I'm gonna blame you for the ideas my mom had. You know, my mom cheated on my dad, just like you cheated on your wife. His name was Bob, though. <laughs> you know, Bob. Yeah. Sure, this conference. <laughs> so, like, you know, Dawson's probably like, "Ah, oh, man, fuck this day." Yeah, this sucks. And Joey's leaving for Paris on top of everything. We're on the bridge, we're on the dock. This is where Dawson says something pretty insightful. That He says, if you don't deal with your issues with your dad, he's going to be handcuffed to you for the rest of your life. Okay, yes, that is insightful uh, from an outsider perspective. But to Joey, it's like, fucking Dawson, you're punching above your weight here, that's man. What, like, that's what I got, thought. Like, I was just like, this whole scene, I was just like, 
Number one, yeah, that is kind of insightful. Number two, Dawson, mind your own fucking business. This is like so many levels above what he could ever comprehend. She asked him, like, though, like, what's up? She, like, yeah, what's what? up with him? Not like I feel like if you're a good friend, you you need to tell your friends this kind of shit. Mm. I don't like the timing. If you see your friend being destructive, I I think it, the heavy handedness of his the heavy handedness and the simpleness of his advice, like, well, you have to deal with your feelings. It's like, dude, these are like weird levels of feelings that like your mopey ass has never even approached. You know, it's like, look, I I know Mitch and Gale are going through a weird spat at the moment, but my fucking dad's in prison and my mother's dead. It's like, sh- shut the fuck up, Dawson. <laughs> I feel like that's unfair to, to Dawson. Like, he's not allowed to give advice because he has a better life. Sure he is once, and this is the time where she tells him to knock it off. I mean, I'm saying he should respect it. Well, he said it, and then she tells it to knock it off. And, like, how, like, she gives him advice all the time. That's true. I mean, I think in 2017 there's this thing, there's, like, a lot of Dawson hate. A lot of Dawson hate from people in their, like, 20s and 30s. Sure. Uh, who have rewatched this, and I think the reason it is is because Dawson is the worst part of who you are as a uh, as a person. Oh yeah, that's very true. I can see all the worst parts of myself in this. Yeah, Kevin Williamson says like all the characters are a part of him. Dawson was the part of him who wanted to be a filmmaker. Joey was the part of him who was poor and lived on the wrong side of the tracks. Pacey was the part of him who was a jokester and misunderstood and like didn't do well in school. And Jen was the part of him that was, like, a broken person. So I think a lot of people see, like, the worst part of themselves in Dawson, the selfishness, mm. and really are harsh on Dawson. When it's like, when you're 15, a lot of what Dawson does isn't awful. He's trying to navigate this world, too, just like all the other characters. The only difference between Dawson and the other characters is he's a little bit more privileged than them, but can't tell a 15 year old kid that oh because you're privileged your problems don't matter as much as my problems i feel like i've i feel like i told a 15 year old that no uh, no i should no, I, <laughs> hey how old are you <laughs> how much money you got no yeah uh that's in that's really interesting that's really interesting i think that's like there's this like backlash against dawson because a lot of people i've heard on other podcasts will they'll say i hate dawson and then they'll be like but we are dawson they both at once claim that if they were like but most like any character would be Dawson. Well, yeah, and that's why like I probably have I do have such a problem with this is because like we've talked about this before where you're like you accuse me of rightly so of, like but you were a Dawson and Joey shipper or whatever it is you however it is you put it. Yeah, and it's like because at that time you're like, "Oh, I can relate to this. I see myself as the I I can see part of myself in this." But then you get older you're like, "Oh god, I could like see myself in this." Ugh. Right. But what that turns into is like hate for Dawson. When you really hate yourself. But like you have to kind of at some point be like, "Listen, Dawson's 15. He's not going to know how to navigate everything perfectly." And this is a, a story about a coming of age. And coming of age is an understanding that you are not the center of the world. And Dawson is this is like what Dawson is going through. He's slowly learning that he's not the center of the world. And it's not something he's going to learn overnight. It's going to take several seasons. <laughs> but but he does. Wait, he, do- he, doesn't, he doesn't start season two knowing that? Son of a bitch. He's got a character that's probably harder to like when you're in your late 20s and 30s. But I don't think at 15, I hated Dawson. No, because you identified with him more closely. Yeah, at point. it made sense what he was saying and going through. 
and I don't know the same stuff Dawson doesn't know. Yeah, but that is, it is something that I've noticed from listening to all the other Dawson Creek podcasts. It's like everybody hates Dawson. <laughs> and I like everybody. Like there's not one person that likes Dawson. Sure. But I do remember when this show was going on, half of the people like Dawson and half of the people like Pacey. Sure. It was it's a Pepsi is a Pepsi Coke uh, right. Red Sox Yankees uh fucking Darren number one, Darren number two from Pete Witch. Right. When you're like fifteen, don't think Dawson is any more stupid than any of the other characters or is a jerk for anything he does. They're all dumb. Yeah, they're all dumb. But Dawson's problem is like selfishness. Sure. That in your when you're in your thirties is like, ugh, he's a piece of shit. And it it's like I think it's that sort of privileged guileless selfishness where he's just like really just sort of openly that way rather than um trying to hide it from everybody like you do in your late twenties and thirties. Right. You know, in, in nineteen ninety eight there was no privilege. No, sure. No, I'm I, like nobody he knows what the fuck privilege was. It was just like right. that's just how you grew up, whatever. You live in Cape Side. Yeah. I mean, like, some people would say, yeah, like, all these characters are privileged. Yeah. <laughs> Even Joey. Even Joey's house is nice. They own a restaurant. Yeah, they own a restaurant. She may or may not go to Paris for a year. Yeah, so some people would say, like, all these kids are privileged. Yeah, and she's not being sex trafficked. Jen is actually like, pretty privileged, too. We get the idea that Jen's family is actually, like, pretty wealthy. Well, yeah, she gets a second option when it's like, you gotta stop fucking doing drugs. We're gonna move you down to Capeside, not we're gonna let you just kind of while away here and uh, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I mean, Dawson just has a single family income, you know? Mitch's fucking <laughs> bumming around. They're also trying to be entrepreneurial. A little bit. It's more like... And they work in it's media. It's more like model building. <laughs> Fake news. He collects cans or something, probably. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um... Like... Yeah. That'd be hilarious. Direct, direct marketing. Brian disagrees with my, uh, your pushing above your weight Dawson comments, and, uh... How do they get back to France again? I think he just goes, hey, are you going to France or what? What's the deal? He says, like, well, maybe not a thousand... You know, when she says, you know, I don't have to deal with it if I, if I'm, you know... Even if I'm in in France. So, so you decided to go. And then she says, give me one good reason to stay. And this is Joey just wanting Dawson to be like, this is the moment where Dawson should grab her and kiss her. I, having just talked a bunch of shit on Dawson and have you, and had you uh, scold me, I'm going to say like, I, I can say that I can almost respect his, uh, I mean, we've been saying, yes, you always go because it's like right. fucking dumb not to. Yeah. So I can almost respect his being like, because you know, I mean, Deep down, the non-selfish end of him knows, like, yeah, she should fucking go to France. That's probably the best thing for her. Now then, here's what you do. Here's the move. You grab her, you kiss her, then you tell her to go. Get in the boat! Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, Joey wants Dawson to say, please stay. I want you... Like, that's what she wants to hear from him. And then when he says nothing, she's like, yeah, I thought so, Dawson. You fucking pussy. You'll never say that. And I just want to add, I mentioned earlier that I think Katie Holmes' acting chops are just, like, insane in this episode. But, like, the facial emotions, like, the breakdown from, like, when she first says, give me a reason to stay, like, the turn on her face. So And then we have Joey rowing back to her house. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always a little bit funny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, it's no matter like, what happens. Because you think, who does that? This is nobody's life. <laughs> Shit. Like, what is this, fucking Popeye? Apparently, in reality, Kevin Williamson had a best friend, Fanny, who would sail her boat to his house because it would be a 45-minute walk or a five-minute boat ride. Wait. And she also climbed through his window every night. So, you know, a couple of episodes back in Double Date when uh, 
Pacey is watching Joey undress that like creepy Brian Adams song. Yes. Apparently, uh, I can't. I, I got to find some more specifics here, but uh, apparently, that was originally uh, "I'm the Only One" by Melissa Etheridge. Originally, when I don't know, like I'm. Um, I've got. I have a website that like uh, like a music guide. Like they wanted to play that and they couldn't get the rights or something. Okay, all right, well, let me tell you the information I have. So uh, I'm on the. I have. I'm on this like fan fan forum. It's like a fan forum page from like 2000. This was 2006. A century is like music in every episode, and it has like uh, for the later seasons the original song and then the song that was replaced with on the DVDs. Yeah. And this is the only one in all of season one that it shows replaced with that Brian Adams song. Oh, so, so the original airing had the Melissa, Melissa. I think after that thing aired, someone working on da- the Dawson's Creek DVDs heard, let me be your underwear. And was like, this needs to be in our show somewhere. Oof. Uh, maybe Melissa Etheridge, you know, is, um, litigious. <laughs> Second time you've used the word. Litigious. Maybe they just couldn't, it's a good word. The rights are really expensive. Yeah, I'm not dropping this much. I'm not dropping this much scratch on a Melissa Etheridge track. Know. It feels weird to play that song there too. Yeah, there aren't a lot of songs that wouldn't be kind of a little weird, but like that Brian Adams song specifically is the worst fucking thing. They should play that Oingo Boingo song. I love little girls. Yeah, <laughs> he's 15 too. She's just a girl. She's a little girl. Not to him. She's she's like as tall as he is. So, next scene, we get back to uh, Jen and Graham's in the hospital, and apparently, uh. Gramps has had another stroke. What a you jerk. Know. It was a good couple of days. You wake up just to go back into a stroke. Hey, it's, it's good to be alive again. You know, being asleep for three months really took a lot out of me. You know, there's so much left to do with the house. And ah, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Wish we could have gotten some gotten some uh, some dialogue out of Gramps. You know, that would have been. They wanted to wake him up maybe a couple episodes earlier and kind of build something out of it. Uh-huh. I just never got around to it. So they were like, well, we have to kill him off now then. I do think they, like they said, they wish they had because it would have played better. Sure. It does feel like we don't know anything about him at all, so, like, who cares if yeah, it does? Lazy. That's all I like, know Like, if they him. did add, like, a couple of episodes where, like, Jen is talking to him and he's awake. Yeah. And we could see him interacting with Jen, this death would have meant a lot more to us. The only weight it has is, like, you probably had a grandpa that died. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, just as, John, you were saying, Katie Holmes was acting really great in this episode. I think uh, Michelle Williams and Grams also does a really great job in this episode. Oh, Grams kills it in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree. Good. Would you agree, though? I don't like the negative construction of that sentence. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is secondary to I think everything Everything Katie Holmes is doing here is real good in this episode. That's not a competition. Yeah. All these ladies can be uh, tied for first. It's just like a man pitting two women together. Everything's a competition. Uh, I'm sorry. There's just easily an A plot in this story, which is um, really taking the momentum for me right now. So, uh all the cutaways to, uh, and this is sad because this is the best the Jen Graham's Gramps storyline does. Because the it's the time, end of but the Gramps part of that storyline. It's very, very B, B plot to me. With like Pacey's whole story running a distant C just to facilitate. Yeah, both times Pacey comes up, it's like, oh wait, shit, Pacey's in this. Yeah, but just think if there was a hostage situation, <laughs> that would be the A storyline. I'm in a bank. There are four men dressed like ex-presidents of the United States. Well, when we get to the next scene where Joey's working at the Ice House and then it is Pacey's second appearance, uh, he may be playing second fiddle this episode, but he does a good job on the scene. Well, yeah, it's like... Uh... Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a hard scene. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, he, he serves to facilitate here very well. 
I mean, he tells, like, a devastating story about himself and makes uh, Joey come up with, like, that. Yeah, Joey's like, ah, you should talk to your dad. Oh, shit, I should talk to my dad. All right, all right, good talk. Good talk, Pacey. He draws that out really Although well. Although the one, the one uh, thing that did strike me about that story is at the end when he's like, so I overheard my dad tell Deputy Doug, at least I have you. I wish I hadn't heard that. And it's like, yeah, no shit. It's a weird moral. He's not telling him, like, a like, story from... He's just saying, like, hey, and this is... Like, I just... Yeah, it's just he hits that last... He hits that last part like it like it had more... Like it had more import than it does. That's just I me. think it does have a lot of importance. <laughs> No, um, like he's telling this, like t- his dad saying he pretty much doesn't want Pacey as a son, and uh, he's saying, "I just, I wish that day never happened." Yeah, sure. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it does. I don't think you're giving it the uh, full magnitude of uh, how shitty that is. So Joey decides she needs to talk to her dad pronto because she doesn't want her relationship to be like Pacey's relationship with his dad, right? Who both uh, do a lot of their uh, daily activities inside of uh, jail. Joey hearing. You know, how Pacey's dad thinks he's a fuck-up. Ask him, can you just steal your dad's car? Because, like, I mean, he already thinks you suck. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's not going to get any worse. He doesn't really need to, uh, like, twist his arm or anything. He's just kind of like... I like to call it borrowing. Yeah, there are no, there are no consequences to this. Oh, they are. But they've already been laid. Right. Like... <laughs> many, many years before. There's there's no there's no dodging those consequences. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? Pacey sucks at baseball. Yeah, that is one of the ways in which Pacey and, and I differ is our upbringing and relationships with our fathers, especially as it relates to sports. My dad was uh, not expecting much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have an older brother who was like Deputy Doug. Yeah. God, that would be weird. Imagine if you had a brother who was always like, like really good at perfect. sports. Uh, good at everything. Uh, I feel like I'd probably end up about the same as I am now. But how shittier you would have felt. Oh, sure. Like, I got something to compare it to? Yeah, yeah. It's something that it is being directly compared to. Oh, Chris, why couldn't you be more like your brother? Right. But yeah, could, like, like that would that would totally suck. Sure. Expectations rather than, well, we'll see, if the, we'll see what happens here. Next scene, Jen walks in and she's going to have some alone time with uh, Gramps here before he passes. Yeah, and I feel like uh, this is just emphasizes how right... Uh, or correct, Brian is uh, most of the time when it comes to talk about this goddamn show. Uh, you're right. This would have been a good narrative device had uh, they all just talked to uh, respirator Gramps more often. He would have been Doogie's computer. Yeah, it would have been the Doogie's computer. Like every night, Jen goes in and talks to Gramps. And another thing, <laughs> it's like that thing in like movies where like there's like some deaf mute and like that person goes and talks to them all about all their problems, and then they find out. That they weren't a deaf mute. Or like in Ghost Dog, where his best friend is that uh, ice cream man who only speaks French. Yeah. And then they build that boat together. On top of that building. Yeah. Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog. My, one of my favorite scenes of a movie is all those like old uh, Italian mobsters sitting around talking about rap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is a good scene. So do you have anything else to add to this Gramps scene? Because, I mean, I didn't get this. I think this is just to let us show that, like, Gramps is a really important character in Jen's life because they didn't do a really good job at that the last 12 episodes. Yeah. So they wanted to throw this in to, like... And I think I said before, Michelle Williams is doing a really, really good job. She is doing a really good job, and it's good because she kind of has to to sell this whole thing. Oh, yeah, this is all her. Like, she is, like... There's no plot or anything else to, like, help us drive how close they were. Yeah, yeah, and she... and and. She's really playing like, uh, like I said before, very much like she's the B story in this episode, and her work. She's holding it together. I think she's doing a work though. Maybe the B story. <laughs> she's doing a work. <laughs> there are no B stories. So, only B act. I don't know. 
That's not what it is. So we get back to uh, Joey is uh, hijacked. Pacey is hijacked a car and gotten Joey out to the prison. Yeah, this, for, does this guard uh, same work guards on like duty twenty four hours a day? What's the more hillbilly thing to do? Take a bus to the to prison or hotwire a hotwire a car and then take that to prison? A bus because at least you have access to a car. <laughs> yeah, like somebody <laughs> in your or like you have sub skills, right? You got that fucking car started. And you can pay for gas, apparently. 20 bucks? That's it? Hey, man. I'll break some prison rules for $20. Dude, I bet, and especially like in 98, I bet like I bet the front desk guy at the Wilmington prison's not bringing home uh, that much scratch. Look how much overtime he's working. Hey, um, maybe he's doing like, maybe they do like, or four like 10-hour shifts or something like that. Maybe it's work release. Maybe he's actually a car. Right, like he's like Brooks in um, Shawshank Redemption. Gets to be the librarian. Butt fuck him. No, they didn't butt fuck Brooks. They butt fucked uh, Andy Dufresne. I'll, butt fuck the shit out of him. A lot. <laughs> for I, decades. <laughs> I didn't see that movie until much later in life, like in the last, I want to say, three to four years. Really? Wow. Yeah, really? it was just, yeah, I don't know. It just never crossed. Did you have TNT? <laughs> I never had cable in my life. It's okay. You don't want to get the uh, cut up shit with commercials on TNT. But I watched it. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. They fucking raped that guy for like 20 years. Yeah, man. He's just like, that just became my life. Like, holy shit. I would would work in the theater. I would do stuff for the warden and get raped for 20 years. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It is like a very heartwarming story and all, but I thought it was like a little bit more (laughs) PG-13. Right. No, man. It was some serious shit. Organizing his videos. (laughs) And uh, Jen is climbing through the window. Yep. And Dawson's a little shocked. I didn't run a video. Uh, yeah, that that uh, <laughs> definite surprise. Oh yeah, this is where I noticed the misery poster. He's like, uh, "How's your grandfather?" And Jen's like, uh, "Not good." And I think uh, Jen is also not doing so good here. Yeah, she's well being her grandfather's dying. Well, that and I feel like this is this is kind of revealing a lot about Jen too. I can't help but keep going back to that one scene on the dock, you know, while that Ben Folds Five song is playing, where she's talking about how like she's found it easier to like be in a relationship other than like deal with her like to you know address what's going on in her life and i get she's alone here other than like uh you know grams and gramps who is uh not doing so hot but i feel like uh this scene kind of shows that jen is like really retreating to something like looking for some sort of uh companionship well yeah and yeah that's she, what people do when in time of need yeah yeah i know i i, I understand that but i'm just saying uh, it's like it goes back to, it sucks when you don't have any friends but one person she only has dawson to go to she can't like call up cliff and be like hey cliff like can you hold can, I, can like, you hold me yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> while i cry all night uh when uh i was going through similar things i had someone in a similar capacity and uh, it's less a retreat than just like li- you could say. Chris called me. Oh, he called me. He climbed through my window. I was like, hey, "Just can I just hold you?" And I said, "Hey, of course." And uh, and I did. We did some hands. We did some hand stuff, and he felt better. But yeah, like it's less a retreat and just a uh, comfort. Yeah, I just like I need somebody that I am close to around because I am losing someone I am close to. It's lucky to have somebody close to. Some people might just go to anybody. Yeah, yeah, I was super. I was very lucky. Some idiot who would take advantage of them. Right, like I did to you. Yeah. Well, the sec- <laughs> second time was a charm. I, I uh, wrote down in my uh, the notes of my phone not to seek comfort in your arms anymore. Well, second time, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, <what? laughs> you son of a bitch. 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, Dawson, it's like, yeah, you get to spend the night. Can I sleep here? Like Joey sleeps here? Like, as friends? Y- yeah. So we're not going to do anything. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> then no. <laughs> and then uh, Isn't Graham's lonely? At, so we're back at the uh, jail, and uh, this is what I think is one of the best scenes of Dawson Creek history. Ooh. Uh, I'm sorry, this entire... Uh, this is a good scene, but I kept expecting, like, fucking floodlights and uh, sirens to start playing because they're out there illegally, like a like a fucking Hogan's Heroes episode or something. The wildcats <laughs> get descended upon. I think both actors here are doing a pretty great job. And uh, I'm going to play a little clip here. I don't really know what I'm doing here. It's not true. Um... <clears throat> Look, I came here tonight because I wanted to tell you that you messed up. You really messed up. And not because you you broke the law or you got caught or you left me without a father. You messed up because you don't know me. I'm your daughter and you don't know me at all. So, I guess I just came to say that I'm all right. I turned out pretty good. And I'm going to be okay. No help from you. And, um... Just have one question. Do you love me? More than you'll ever know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Do you think about me? Sweetheart. All day long. Every day. Every hour. Every minute. Do you really love me now? Because I'm 15 years old. And I go through every day of my life thinking that nobody loves me. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. I'm not the only one. Dawson Leary, he loves you, Joey. He's never told you? Never. Well, he does. I know it. he looks at you the same way your mother used to look at me. When Joey says, do you love me? Do you love me? Yeah. I'm yeah. 50 years old, and I, every day of my life, I don't know if anybody loves me, is the most heartbreaking moment yeah. ever. Yeah. And it's... It- Say it again. It's like while she's saying it, she's looking down, and before she says like a super heartbreaking thing, she does that kind of... She kind of smiles for a second, and then pushes it back down and says it. It's like... Oh, that's some good shit right there. This wasn't going to be what she was going to ask originally. She was going to sing that Les Mis song again. 
<laughs> she was gonna ask, "Why did you do it?" Oh, in the original script, and then I think That's yeah. Kevin Williamson took the script and changed it to "Do you love me?" Yeah, hail Mary, yeah. Kevin Smith, yeah. do that shit. Kevin Smith, Kevin Williamson. <laughs> hey, Kevin Smith, come here. What would you ask right here? Hey, w- uh, how much money would it take you to suck this guy's dick? <laughs> All right, I'll write something different. This episode is, uh, I think, written by four different people. Kevin Smith, Kevin Williamson. Kevin Smith, Kevin Williamson, Kevin Costner, and uh, Kevin Hart. <laughs> this scene, literally, I've seen it tons of times. Really? And it, it gets me all the time, every time. Do you just play it sometimes? To- I probably haven't watched Dawson's Creek much in the last five years, mm-hmm. five to six years. But like, but man, the last ten years you've watched plenty of Creek because that's what you. Yeah, and me were like doing the together. ten years before, seven, yeah, eight years seven, ago. eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, like I watched a lot more Dawson's Creek reruns or whatever. So every time I see the scene, like sometimes I just think about the scene. Really, like, it's fucking sad, man. Yeah, no, it's like Jesus. You know, I watched this episode three times before we recorded, so. I watched it once, took hard notes, and then watched it once, note-free, and then watched it again and took notes. And the last time I watched this scene, this last run-through just this evening, fast-forwarded through this part. Don't care for it. Don't like Don't like Joey's dad. Well, I mean, wait, that, wait. Are you saying you don't like the scene? Yeah, that's what he's saying, bro. Uh, I really enjoy Katie Holmes' performance. I don't like... Her dad? I don't like the dad. When she asks him, like, when, she, the, when she's working through the emotions of the ask, like, do you love me? That's so good. But his response, and then specifically what follows with, like, him telling her how much, like, Dawson loves him, and have you told him you love him, too? There's just, it's just something about that that, like, goes back to what we're talking about, about how, like, look, whatever fucking high school nonsense you have, like, that's there, like, go to France. I, I don't like how he's, like, putting so much, like, like he's jumping into this weird relationship thing. I don't know if you like, know, I John, I, but I, this I, show is about, <laughs> like, teenage relationships. Yeah, like, and I don't... They like they have to specifically write that. I know, but I, I I like the rest of the episode when it's all the young people doing this shit. I just don't like I don't like him jumping in on it. I feel like the story between like her and her father could have been done differently to not include Dawson as much. I mean, I get it's his creek and all, but, but like everything, any side character that ever enters Dawson's Creek, their job is to push whatever, like, relationship is happening at the time forward. Even male and gitch... Male and gitch. Jesus. At some point, like, it's not about them. What about Bob? It's just not. Like, this is a show where you, like, when you're writing a show where your target, target audience is, like, 12 to, like, maybe 19 year old female just like us you don't really like that that's not what's important in the storyline hey man just just call just call him like i see him i don't think he does a bad job just don't care for it well you think he's creepy yeah that doesn't yeah. help but i do enjoy after uh where we go from here because you know joey gets gets the chutzpah up here after talking to he her loves dad me. he loves me and all that uh closes up that powerful scene at the fence and that's where we get a little bit of the uh, edwin mccain the crying shoulder part the Jesus. next morning well First we have first we get the Sarah McLaughlin song. Joey is filled with resolve. What? Well, that was going on the whole time. We didn't. What Sarah McLaughlin song was it? Arms of an Angel. I don't know that song. It's the one they play on all those beaten dog. Oh commercials. Jesus! Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't separate that song from those commercials from the saddest dogs on the planet. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like hearing it erases the good feeling you just got from hearing that fucking Joey's dad loves her. Well, luckily, Edwin McCain is there to save the day. <laughs> K-Mace's I favorite didn't like, song. I didn't like the song when I was 16. <laughs> I don't like the song now. The song sucks. Yeah, it's a bad song. It, this is a terrible song. Was, uh, I feel like it does good it was, things it was, for the I scene. I think it though. works in the scene, and it works 
just like, hey, 90s. I remember when I first heard this song, I was like, this is a bullshit song. More of a Sean Mullins guy. I knew like a set of four friends and this was like all of their like song with their respective girlfriends, which I thought was fucking weird. I think I remember talking to you about this. Yeah. How those fucking K-Mates like loved this they song. They loved it. And I was like, I fucking hate this song. And then... <laughs> It was either, they either replaced this song with Save Tonight, or Save Tonight was replaced with this song. I can't remember. Hey, don't talk bad about Save Tonight. Jack fucking loves that song. I'm not. I didn't, I, I didn't. You know, I get, like, I'll, I'll listen to, like, uh, like shit on Spotify, yeah. like, and uh, it creates those, like, auto playlists for you if you have the premium yeah. subscription. And uh, Okay, Mr. I have $10 a month. <laughs> It's been the best like year of my life. Uh, $120 for, for the best of year um, of your life. So it creates, it's created like a weird like 90s-esque playlist for me, like one of like the six it mm-hmm. auto-generates. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, been... They've attempted to force me to listen to so many Eagle Eye Cherry songs <laughs> the, that are the not... Deep, listen, get into the deep I only tracks. like that one song. <laughs> Come on, guys. I don't want to listen to any other Eagle Eye Cherry song, and I don't want to listen to any other Nine Days yeah. song. Just Story of a Girl. I don't even please. want, like, a demo version of Save Tonight. Like, I want the fucking record. I'd take a demo version. Before Spotify, you had, like, Pandora. Yeah. It would, all, like, every four songs, it would just play some random song, and you'd be like, why the fuck is it playing this song? <laughs> do, you like a, do you like a little bit of... Five Luba for steak. fighting. <laughs> how about some? Uh, how about some Lou Bega? Some Mamba Number bah, Five. Hey, that's the other song that I had a Lou, like. a Lou Bega station. <laughs> <laughs> Mambo's one through twelve. But I do think it works in this in this scene. Yeah, sure. This song in this scene was sort of like I think all this was happening at the same time. Like the single just came out. Yeah. And, this show was a smash hit at the time for the WB. In the DVD company, they talk about how Edward McCain was always, like, really nice, friendly to the show because, like, this really helped boost his career. Sure. And then you remember the first time you ever saw a picture of Edward McCain, and you're like, huh. Oh, that fat dude? <laughs> this guy, uh, this guy, like, uh, this guy, Edwin, uh, or Evan Dando? <laughs> this is, like, this guy's, like, two Evan Dandos. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's not that's not fat shaming, dude. Sorry, <laughs> but this is the point. This episode, in this episode, where uh, I really love like every minute of the rest. So of like, oh, Jen sure. is like really fucking creepy. <laughs> like she like wakes up next to Dawson and like just is like stroking his face while he sleeps. <laughs> touch, just like touch, touch the face. I just want to touch and uh. Uh, well, he does have like a um, that. Uh, he's got a sweet, little five o'clock shadow going. Sweet, lovable face. Even that five o'clock shadow doesn't ma- uh, doesn't man him up any. And he and Dawson wakes up and he like and Jed's like, oh shit, <laughs> sorry, uh, I was just touching your face a little. <laughs> just touching your face while you're asleep. <laughs> nothing weird. Nothing weird to see here. And uh, Joey is like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him I love him. Where? She rode that. She rode that boat over to confront I, her feelings. I, I'm gonna tell him I love him. Where's my rowboat? So like timeline wise, it was like midnight when they got to that, uh, to that prison. Probably. Yeah, she must have come straight. Yeah, back. like probably it's like, like it's like six thirty seven o'clock in the morning. Three hour, three and a half hour car ride back. Yeah. And then, like, got on that boat and was like, I gotta fucking tell Dawson. Yeah. I'm not waiting for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what day it is. I could tell him at school. She, sh- 
She just she should have had Pacey drop her off at the house. She didn't have to like row the boat over. Yeah, but that's not his picture, Ross. And that and she, yeah. that and she's like she's forming the idea like in her head herself. Like I think if she tells Pacey, then it's just like it's bringing Pacey into it, and like this is this is supposed to be a Joey Dawson moment. But it doesn't. It doesn't stay Joey it Dawson moment because of Jen. So uh, they wake up, and uh, Jen is uh she like kissed Dawson yeah so like Dawson's really uncomfortable here and uh because he knows Jen is uh she wants the D this early in the morning he just <laughs> woke up and he's probably it's he's probably got D, morning man. wood oh yeah he's all <laughs> set he he doesn't want to give the D listen usually I just uh pee this out Jen goes in for a kiss Right as the moment as Joey climbs through the window. The worst slash best slash worst timing. And uh, I never know this before. They, they put a little hook on his window so that Joey could grab it and climb up. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They, there's oh, that was that was, that was was nice of you. Mitch. Uh, like a, yeah, Mitch. They, they, Fucking double dare obstacle. Gitchin mail. Yeah, they put a little hook on so that she could grab it and climb up on the uh, into the window. She sees Jen kiss Dawson and Dawson not wanting any of it, but she can't. She can't tell from her perspective. No, all she sees is um, Jen on top of him. Her nemesis. <laughs> her nemesis. Once again, Joey running away, crying. And I love you can hear the Shell Williams like the over comment of uh, you know Katie Holmes is scurrying out of ladder, running off, and you can hear uh, you can hear Jen say, "No, Dawson, she'll be fine." Which means don't leave. I'm not done <laughs> listen, with you listen, yet, motherfucker. <laughs> where where you want to go? What, you want to get up? You can't you can't go outside the way uh the situation you're in. Dawson puts on his shoes and jumps out the window. Yeah. Chases her. And uh Jen's just left alone. It's really sad. Yeah. It's like <laughs> like Jen's just standing in his room like, Well, fuck, I just kinda threw myself at this guy and uh just bolted out his own window. <laughs> yeah. Uh maybe Gail and Mitch are around and curl up with him for another hour. I'm sleepy. <laughs> Luckily she lives close by. Yeah, that is true. Like, she didn't have to, like, walk all the way home. Yeah, she doesn't have to row across a creek. <laughs> so she comes home, and Grams is on the uh, porch there. Welcome back, Jennifer! And Grams is pretty sad look on her face. Yeah, Michelle Williams just looks, like, just exhausted. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and, I mean that, and I mean that in, like, an acting sense, where, like, it's like, this character has, like, just nothing left to give on her right now. It's been right? a long night for everybody. And even the uh, expected end... Did not did not end the way she expected. Well, nobody likes rejection, no matter who you are. Yeah, even even if you stay in the house and the other person leaves. <laughs> Grams tries to get her to go to church. She's like, Grams, this is the fucking last thing I fucking need right now is church. I do that shit. I hate church. Man, this next scene, though, just the, the montage of Dawson chasing Joey across town and Joey staring wistfully off into the distance. Ah, uh, man, I love all of this shit. Is this still, um... Edward McCain happening no, right now, or have we moved is on to the like next thing? Some... Hold on, I've got it in front of me here. Um... I thought it was like um, uh, this other country song, but it's a different country song. Uh, Broken Road? Yeah, I thought it was like, at first, like in the first few notes, I thought it was like this, like, uh, this other country song, like Crying in Memphis or something. Sounds kind of like it. Walking in Memphis. Yeah. But uh, why does it... Walking in Memphis. Listen, if you ever want to find Joey, she's probably in your closet. Along the waterfront. Well, he's trying to look for her on the waterfront. 
So while they're, uh, Dawson is chasing Joey outside of town, uh, Jen wakes up from her exhausted slumber to the phone call that, uh, Gramps has passed. Gramps has, uh, yeah. Gramps has passed. I, this scene's pretty heartbreaking too when, uh, Jen walks into the church and, uh, Gramps just loses it. Yeah. It was like, oh shit. Cause, yeah, it's like, Gramps has kept it I mean, together. We, 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 We've been dancing around to like a lot of like uh, teenage problems and a lot of like, oh, I feel this way, my yeah. heart this way. And yeah. it's like, dude, Gramps is like, spouse just died. That's that's some legit stuff. And she's been holding it together pretty hard for a while. Well, now. every time we've seen Grams before, she's always been in like control. Like in Baby, she knew exactly what to do. She, you know, she didn't freak out like the kids did. You know, she was totally in control. We've never seen Grams like. You know, even in this episode before where he goes back into the stroke, Grams is like, yeah, everything will be okay. You know, I believe in God and prayer and this will help me get through. And then in this scene, we just, she just loses it. And it's like, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I think she does a really great job. Yeah. Uh, uh, I kept having to pause this scene. <laughs> like, any, uh, as I've done since I've been an adult, uh, you can tell how emotionally powerful a scene of a show or movie is by the amount of times I have to pause it and stop watching it because it's making me feel feelings. Yeah, same here, bro. And it, Can't watch. Um, there's a couple episodes of uh, many, many TV shows that are uh, that I right. just don't watch, uh, like uh, Futurama, oh, the, the dog, Jurassic. Sure. Jurassic Bark, the dog episode. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Can't do no, it. Not gonna yeah. happen. Can't do it. Not gonna. Not while I'm here. But yeah, yeah. I feel you, bro. Uh, uh Chris and John, even though in their thirties, has not yet learned to deal with their emotions. Cool. Hey, so um, uh, people, that listeners out there, you know what? Uh, drop us a line if you're listening, so we can know that it's not just us listening to well, ourselves. And, That'd be cool. And also, Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you to the eight people who have uh, left five stars for us and the three most awesome people who have uh, left reviews. Uh, uh, I'm not one of them. Make that shit nine. I'm, what am I doing I'm right probably, now? I'm probably like three of them. You got like three, three different I'm not any of them. Yeah, man. I was just thinking maybe I should just... You know, leave my own review. You know, you know what we should. And I was like, ah. yeah, no, I, I considered that very early on when we were still waiting for review number one, and I was just like, I can't be the first review. Like I, w- I was gonna be like, hey, this is Brian, the host of the podcast. This podcast is awesome. Like I wasn't gonna be like, oh, I'm just so random guy. Sure. And I thought this podcast was awesome. Um, so Dawson runs back into. Um, he can't find Joey, so he goes back to his room. And he opens uh, his closet, and of course, Joey's in the closet, just like the first episode. How? Why? And why would you look in the closet first thing? Was he looking for? No, he, he was, he was just. I think he took off his jacket and he was opening the door to his closet. I think he was going to hang up his oh, jacket. What a responsible teenager! Yeah, but uh, this mirrors the first episode where Joey runs off and hides in his closet. Right. I want like, I wonder if she like set up like outside his house and waited for Jen to leave. Well, no, we saw her walking all around town. Oh, that's true. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, she wanted to be found. Right. Yeah, she well, wasn't you, hiding behind of course, a bush. She, she, if you hide in Dawson's closet, you're not running away from Dawson. Right. 
Shit. <laughs> you. <laughs> so Dawson's like, hey, listen, not, that didn't mean anything. She kissed me. I didn't kiss her. And she's like, you don't have to explain anything to me. Well, you did just run off. <laughs> and you are in my house. Yeah, so hey, I thought it. Uh, that there's some explanation that may be warranted. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm Dawson. I explanation. That is what I do. And you seem pretty upset right now, also. Yeah. Was it, it, and I don't think it was from being in prison last night. And, uh, you know, they get a little meta here. We use too many big words. And Dawson said it, but it's good to analyze. And Joey's like, I'm just fed up with just talking about everything. We don't ever have any action. Yep. And uh, she says, "We uh, it's just time to grow up. Yeah. Uh, the Joey says, I could have told you that. And then Dawson says, you did three months ago. Which is hearkening back to the, the first scene. Right. Where Joey says, Spielberg, <laughs> move past his Peter Pan right. moment. You told me three months ago. I just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> well, I think that just shows that, like, hey, Dawson was fucking da- Dawson is paying attention. <laughs> yeah, like, he's listening. He's just like, yeah, I just want to bang uh, Jen, though. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, no, I know what Spielberg did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I told you what Spielberg did. I got a 15 year old dick right now. <laughs> And uh, there's a new blonde girl in town. And so, you know, Dawson again asks, are you going to go to France? Well, he tells her he's like, you know, he's like, he finally admits that he doesn't, that he like was, was what you've been saying all along, Brian, was that uh, Dawson was afraid to grow up. And he's like, no, I can do it. I promise I can. I can grow up. Give me a chance. Nah. But Joey's looking for that, like, the same thing she's been looking for this whole episode is like, fucking say say or do something definitive right. to me like you know tell me tell me you want it tell me you need it do you i mean it can't be me wanting the d all the time <laughs> she want yeah she just wants him to say i love you or just do a one quick helicopter uh, one quick helicopter or i like you or i'd miss you yeah uh, like she has been no i mean a helicopter you, t- uh, you pull it out and yeah. uh one counterclockwise swing boom Nah, Joey wants her <laughs> motorboat. Yeah, Dawson, I just want you to motorboat me. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I've been, for 12 episodes, you know, I've been sitting here just pining for you to motorboat me. Like, on my list of favorite sex acts, if 69 is number one, <laughs> get motorboated is number two. That's every woman ever. Right, yeah. ladies? You don't have to tell me, I know it's right. <laughs> That's immature. Are they built for pleasure? I do think it's funny where she's like, why why should I stay? Is there a new release at the fucking video store? (laughs) (laughs) Was chasing Amy out there or some shit stupid? (laughs) Yeah. They got, you know, maybe they got video stores in Paris. And I think this is part of this episode, too, where we've we've talked about how, like, you know, we are Dawson. It's like... God damn it, Dawson. Just kiss her, you stupid bastard. <laughs> yeah. Just make that... Do. Like, do. God do something. damn it, man. Yeah, all she's saying is, I'm tired of talking. I want action. And he's just, like, staring at her, like, he's still afraid. And until he realizes that if he doesn't make a move, he's gonna lose her forever. Like, she's so frustrated at this point, like, I feel like he could take a dump in his, in his sock drawer right then and just like, well, it's something. 
So Dawson does go and stops her from leaving and uh, kisses her. Nice one on her. Well, he, first, it's kind of like a weird, awkward kiss, and then right. they go back in for some real deal. Yeah, she's field. like, she, she's she's shocked, and then she's yeah. like pleased, and like, it's good. Yeah. And they kiss for a really long time. It's like when you high-five someone real shitty the first time, and so the second time to correct it, you guys, you hit right on, but really hard, and it hurts. And yeah. hold it for a minute. And then kiss each other. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's like a lot of p- teenagers watching this for 12 episodes for 12 weeks, 13 weeks. I've been waiting for these two to kiss each other. Right. Oh, I didn't say I would not yeah. have been into it and probably and was. It was like, I yeah, love finally. this reverse shot where out the window and it's just their silhouette. Um, and it pans out to the yeah. dock and then that's where the establishment shot. And it's shot. the reverse shot of the first shot of the of Dawson's Creek Ooh, into the window. Film school shit. Yeah, that- yeah, hey man, good stuff. Yeah. that is the fucking end of the first season. I never thought we would make it, boys. Holy I shit, thought we man. would make oh, it, man. It's been what thirteen episodes since February. February, it's been eight months. Yeah, yeah we've been doing this for eight right, months. But as far as anyone else knows, uh, we've been doing it for thirteen weeks. <laughs> Fourteen. Sorry, listeners. We a week. Pull, pull, we pull, right. We're pulling over on you. Yeah, the call. It took us eight months. To do thirteen episodes. Well, listen, one <laughs> we got one stuff of us was in a different on. state for a while. Um, one of us uh, is a lazy person, uh, and one of us has a job in uh, bikes. Yeah. Figure out but, which is which. Uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting hey, married. Yeah, hey, hey, you're <laughs> also getting. Listen, I didn't know uh, how much you wanted on the cast. That's cool. We can put that out there. Uh, so it's taken, ladies. Yes. So s- season finale of Dawson's Creek. I think it's uh, thumbs ups all around. Yep. Fuck yes. This episode's so good, and I was I was so I was so happy to enjoy it after not enjoying Beauty Contest for the second and third time. Yeah, I think though that if there's any weakness in this episode, it is Pacey, like having no story at all. Yeah, like uh he dude. Th- his involvement in the Joey storyline was enough. He did but a good everyone kind of gets to go out with a bang. Of yeah, everybody's doing like gets to ha- have some kind of emotional arc, but Pacey. Well, you know he had his chance up front. Uh, that arc sucked, and uh, take a backseat till season two. Basically, like I mean, you sound like his it dad. Gets good for- you had your shot, and you blew it, you motherfucker. Try a season two. <gasps> One of the things they wanted to do was not to draw out this relationship for like years and years, like right. other TV shows. They wanted to resolve this, that they would get together and make it like in one season, rather than other TV shows who would draw out like, um, will they, won't they thing for multiple seasons. As always, get a hold of us uh, via Twitter, at the Dawson Dudes, or via email, feedback at DawsonDudes.com. That was the season one finale of Dawson's Creek. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. And I'm John. We're the Dawson Dudes. Love you, buddy. Do-do-do-do.